0: Support for 100 watts in a wire is provided by BioNO Power. If you're looking for a power solution, check out BioNO Power, offering the best lithium phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit bioenopower.com. That's dot com. LDG Electronics provides state of the art antenna tuners for every amateur need. An LDG desktop tuner works automatically with nearly any station and up to 1,000 watts. LDG power tuners are ideal for portable and mobile use as they consume almost no current and can be powered by internal batteries that last up to a year. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year, fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service. The best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com.
1: And now from Grid Square Echo Mike Forty Eight. This is 100 Watts and
0: a Wire. Hello, and welcome to the 100 Watts and a Wire podcast. My name is Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Episode 331. This is the first episode of a new feature called 30 Days. Let me tell you about it real quick. A member of our 100 Watts and a Wire community can participate in the 30-day peer review system. Okay, this is where if you have a 100-watt ID and all four of our participants, the cohort, if you will, have 100-watt IDs, you can get those easy enough at 100wattsandawire.com. Click the 100-watt ID tab. Everything is free. Once you have that you can register to be a reviewer. You can join this cohort of peers who are testing ham radio or ham radio adjacent products. This week, we're going to be looking at an antenna I'd never heard of before from this company. It's spelled B-I-L-A-L, Bile. I want to say bile, but that isn't right. And being respectful for 30 years in the business... I won't say that, but they, uh, they make an antenna I've never seen before. It is a 20-meter isotron, 20-meter isotron. And for our friends who are watching this, perhaps on the YouTube, you can see this. We have a YouTube channel for our friends who want to see this antenna. Go ahead over there and take a look at it. If you want, you want to, uh, you can do that. And I got some guests with me here today. We've got uh, Dave, Kilo, India 7, Victor, Lima, Victor. We've also got Curtis, Whiskey United 3, United. Andrew, he's November 7, Delta, United, Charlie. Hope I got that right. And Mark is here, Kilo, Charlie 3, Julia, Tango, Foxtrot. And here's how it's going to go. We've got a set of criteria. This is our first time around. We may hit a couple of potholes. We'll find out. But what we want to do is talk about this antenna, from the point where you received it to the point where you suggest improvements or or you let it go. Kind of a thumbs up, thumbs down. After all, this is an $85 antenna and I figure letting the people in your community review this may give you a better heads up. Three or four are definitely better than one person giving you this review. Hello to all the fellows. We're going to start off with Dave. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show. You got this antenna uh, in the mail. You won the lottery, so to speak. Uh, you, you got yourself an eighty-five dollar antenna to put up in the month of December. I could almost feel the resentment. Of, oh, Christian, you should have picked me for the something on the inside, man. You know, it was one of those kind of things. I'm like, who can hang an antenna in December? So we studied it over the month of December. And the guys have come back to talk a little bit about it. Let's talk about the packaging. I know this isn't a very in-depth conversation or a bit of the criteria. But when you received the antenna, what were your impressions of getting it in the mail?
1: Well, Christian, thanks for having me on here. I'll just dive right in. Uh, I have the packaging right here. Um, It's a repurposed box, you know, good on them for reuse and recycle. Um, I was a little taken aback at first, but hey, you know, if, if that keeps costs down and makes it a cheap, makes it a less expensive antenna, then we'll go for it. Um, get some paper in here to keep it all together. It's a pretty solid antenna, so I don't, I didn't, it didn't look very banged up. I mean, it's solid aluminum, with some stainless steel parts and some PVC. Look like. Um, I would say the short answer is it works. Um, I uh, operate mostly digital modes. And the most I could get with it, um, uh, it was only FT8 that I used it on. And when I did um, SDWR tests with the radio, after going through the procedures, which were a little convoluted, by the way, um, this is the max I could get. I could not get below three. So I have it hooked up with a LDG100 tuner. And um, it works. I mean, I was getting, see this at the map here, I was getting FN55, looks like main. Uh, with, uh, with the FT8 and some JS8, I was getting all the way down to Florida a couple times, and one Japan. So, I mean, it, it, it works. Uh, right, hold hold minutes. that
0: thought. Hold that thought. You're going way too ahead. You're going way ahead there. I'm going to put you in a timeout. If I knew how to drop the mute button, I would. No, I appreciate that. Hang tight. <laughs> hang tight. Sure. We'll get there. So, it came into packaging. You were, uh, oh, did he leave? I don't, we, didn't, we didn't send him up. I didn't hang up on him. He might have left himself. All right. Let's talk to Curtis. See, Curtis, all of a sudden, he just dropped right off. Whiskey United, three United, another uh, lottery winner here. And uh, we're moving over now uh, to talk to Curtis. Curtis, let us know what uh, you thought. Getting in the package in the mail, I know we are hams. We start to think about multi-boxing. Why would you put it in a box like this? Any of those kind of, of thoughts when you received it?
2: Well, when I first got it, I definitely realized it was sort of a no frills packaging, is probably the best way to put it. Then I started thinking about it. This thing's going to be up in the air, out in all the elements and everything like that. So, what's the difference that it got shipped in a in a basic cardboard box?
0: All right, so it uh, it banged around a little bit. You know, I I have to say I I get a little funny with my packaging now. I, I laugh at Amazon for putting something uh, this small in a box that's three feet with a ton of padding. But when it comes to my ham radio gear, man, you better but double box it and make sure it's, you know. But I think that's the point of this is to um, every dollar counts, you know, and we're trying to save people down the line. Uh, and this isn't the overall review of this. This is just simply packaging. But getting it out in the mail and receiving it does give you a feeling as a consumer that you're dealing with something strong.
2: Yeah, I think when you pay for something, like you said, you're expecting something to be a little more significant. But, hey, it is what it is. And like I said, it's going to be out and uh, up in the air where anything's going to get to it, whether all the elements, birds are going to be sitting on it, who knows what else. So uh, it wasn't a big deal to me, but it was a little surprising that it was in the box. It doesn't really take anything away from the antenna for me, but um, it wasn't in an Apple packaging. And I think we get used to that. Yeah,
0: that's an interesting perspective when you're going to hang it outside in the rain and the elements maybe. I got you. I understand what you're saying. Let's talk with uh, Andrew. Andrew was another lottery winner. And When I say lottery winner, all the names with the 100-watt IDs, they register and agree to take on this task to put something up for 30 days, and I'll pick the next bunch of names and I'll send you an email and say, you know, you're up. You in or you could pass. You go back and you stay in the pot the whole time. But uh, Andrew uh, is November 7, Delta United. Charlie, what did you thinking? We're talking about just receiving the package. Uh, usually as hams, we've got this level of excitement to just be getting some gear in the mail. What would you think when it arrived on your doorstep?
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, when the package showed up, um, kind of similar experience as everybody else is saying, um, it showed up in a plain box, which is, you know, kind of nice, Um, in the aspect of it's not really flagging what's in the box, what's coming to your house type things, which I I appreciate that generally. Um, The box did its job. Um, I I did take a picture for you um, and shared that. The box took some damage in transit, but uh, it did its job. It got the antenna to my house safely. Um, Nothing really on the inside had any issues. Everything, like was shown before, It was padded well, packed into the box well. The box held up. Um, It's it's a no frills box, but it succeeded in what it was intended to do. So, there you go.
0: Yeah, good deal. Okay, cool. That's fair enough assessment on that. It worked. Got it there for you, and it arrived in one piece. Uh, Very good. Let's check in with Mark. uh, Kilo Charlie Three Juliet Tango Foxtrot. You also uh, were a lottery winner for this uh, antenna. And we'll get into some of the other details of why this works for certain people and maybe perhaps not others. Uh, just packaging alone, Mark, any thoughts uh, on the way you received it?
4: I thought the packaging was adequate. It it did its job. It was packed in there nicely. It, it was wrapped. Um, like a few of the others have said, I didn't expect any damage to it or anything. It's going to be outside. Um, I will say one thing is they did send me an email when they shipped it with a tracking number. So I knew it was on the way. So overall, I give them a pass.
0: Good. All right. So there we go. That's a good starting point. We got one part of the criteria in line. No delays. Everything came out okay. And an interesting perspective there. I feel that it's going to be something that you hang outside. So it's different than maybe you have something that's inside of. Uh, Your shack. Interesting uh, perspective there. I'd like to jump now to the manual. Let's look at the manual for the the isotron antenna, the 20 meter isotron. Now, the manuals, you know, we've heard people talk a little bit about they're not as detailed. Uh, You also have hams that will say things like, Who reads a manual? We're hams. We just jump jump right into it. Let's go around here with our cohort now. And uh, Dave, Tell us a little bit about the the manual itself. Was it something that good reading? Was it informative? Did it teach you anything about the antenna? Was it sufficient? Oops, you're muted. I, think. Uh,
1: it, I would say it was definitely sufficient. Um, I kind of gave up on it after a little while, and uh, I switched to the online version of it. It was kind of hard to read uh, for my eyes. It kind of went into reader's nowadays but uh i mean it worked it didn't it didn't uh it kind of went a little convoluted for me just a little bit but it, you know it, it it looked basic and i i didn't really spend too much time on the manual i just like you said earlier i just kind of went to it and uh, assembled it. it looked like it goes this way it looked like it's symmetrical this way and uh i i threw it up after that so i had not too much time on the manual for me
0: interesting point about the eyes, I'm the same way. I'm getting to the point now where I'm, I've got a magnifying glass around here. You might laugh, but maybe you have one too. I certainly need one when I'm soldering and that sort of thing, and it comes to words now. So it's an interesting point. Maybe, And did you say that the manual, they provided it online too?
1: Yeah, uh, I just went to the website and I found it. So, you know, the Zoom was definitely more beneficial than reading the paper manual itself.
0: Okay, perfect. Curtis, what did you think of the manual? Did it was it helpful for you?
2: Well, when I got the box that opened it up, I did read through the manual and it was a new antenna to me. I'd never heard of the manufacturer before, never heard of the antenna. So I thought if I'm gonna test this, I want to give it the best chance possible and, and take to heart what the guy uh, had written in the manual. But after reading through it maybe once or twice, I just kind of set it aside. And I did go back to it when I started to tune it up because I just wanted to make sure I knew which way uh, was going to going to raise or lower the, the sweet spot of the antenna. So I didn't really go through it too much other than just when I first took it out of the box. But um, that's I uh, manual is a manual. I see poor technical writing all the time. I see good technical writing. So it was just something I kind of set aside after I went through it.
0: Okay, fair enough. Let's go over to Andrew. Uh, I
2: don't. I don't really oh. have any opinions on it because I, in fact, I think I have it sitting over here somewhere. But uh, um, it, it 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 didn't really matter. I think I got what I needed out of the manual.
0: Okay. So okay, that worked for you too. Then all right, Andrew. What did you think?
2: Um, similar
3: basic experience. The manual read through it a couple of times before I actually got. Excuse me. Got set up to uh, get the antenna outside and then read through it again when I was actually getting the antenna installed. Um, overall, the writing was fine. It explained everything. Uh, one of the things that I will say about the manual, though, I did notice it it kind of was a little bit choppy as far as how it presented the information. Um, when you started off in the, you know, page one, here's the instructions of how to install the antenna. And then you get to page two. And it jumped to I think it jumped to the warranty at that point, and then it jumped back into tuning it and and getting everything else all set up so it it presented the information sufficiently and all the different sections were actually titled had a little heading on them which was great. jumped to whatever you needed but uh it a little bit disjointed um, in that regard. The warranty information you'll throw that on the back page. And don't worry about putting that right up front. Give you a quick start guide maybe at the beginning and then work through the, the fine tuning of it would have been a little bit better to process. But I mean, yeah, once once I read through the one time, um, similar to what's already been said, the process was was relatively simple. Had a couple of things as I got the installation and the tuning done that I just wanted to go back and double check, make sure I'd done things right. Um, and we'll get to that part of of everything else here in a minute, but, uh, it presented the information well enough. Okay.
0: Good deal. Mark, what do you think here? When we talk about manuals, you know, there's uh different sides. There's some very technical ham radio operators and then there's guys like me. So I, uh, but sometimes guys like me really need that detail. Uh, what did you think there in terms of taking it out and, uh, seeing the documentation? Uh,
4: I'm not a technical ham either like you, um, the, the one thing that struck me is it looked like it was typed in the seventies and photocopied. And it reminded me of something I had gotten in elementary school as a child, where the teacher would staple the middle of a couple of pages of paper. And, uh, that's how it, it, it kind of looked to me. The information was fine. I did take a shortcut. I watched a couple of YouTube videos about the antenna before I received it, but I did read the manual, and it was certainly sufficient.
0: All right. Well, that's important. That's good information. I I certainly do love when the companies have the documentation online, you know, from the point that Dave made uh, with your eyes and being able to blow it up a little bit or, you know, make it larger on your computer. I also, though, I understand the side of it where you want to have it in your hand to take it with you to go outside. You may not have a tablet or a computer with you when you need it, but I do like that they put it online and offer that as an option for you. I want to talk about a little bit about assembly now and how the fellas put this antenna up. It's important to know the conditions they put it up in. How was the assembly? How was the install? What did it look like on their side? So let's dig in a little bit further now and find out how high it was, how good it was in terms of the actual physical, putting it together and getting it up. Let's start with Dave. Dave, what did you think when it came to the part where, uh, all right, it was assembled, you put it together, now it was time to take it outside. What happened?
1: Uh, For me, I I, uh, mounted it to a, um, a steel conduit and then uh, put it up on a mounting bracket near my, the peak of my roof. Um, I went through the instructions a little bit to try to tune it. I couldn't get a very good uh, tune on it. So I just kind of left it where it was in place on the roof and just started to operate. Um, again, you know, like I said earlier, it, it worked. Um, but uh, I just kind of threw it up there and started going, going to work with it. I did, you know, I'm not... Uh, Like you said earlier a technical ham. I just like something to take it out of the box and work the assembly like you mentioned was Was quite easy the instructions, you know, they they were adequate for what it was Um, They kept it loose in the box just to keep it uh, the parts together and then it just needed a little bit of assembly and after uh, Tightening after I tightened it I just put it on the conduit and then put it The uh, bracket onto the roof and then from there. I just left it and went from there
0: I'm showing an image to folks down the line. I know our listeners, uh, they can go back and check this out. You can certainly go to isotronantennas.com. For me, I wish they had a secure website there. That makes me feel a little better. That's a, a mental thing. Uh, it's not much. It's I'm sure everything's fine. But it is it is one of those things that you can tell up there when it tells you not secure. But anyway, we're looking at it tonight on the screen. Uh, just to, to take a look at it, and if you're on YouTube, or if you're listening at home, and you're curious to see what this antenna looks like, it's really interesting. And I didn't know if this was, you know, is this snake oil? Is this the next best thing? What it was? Uh, let's go over to Curtis. Curtis, what was your experience with assembly and install?
2: Well, the assembly was easy. I mean, I think there was only a couple of parts I had to put on that are mainly just that um, little doghouse on top of it, whatever you want to call it, the the uh, the um, shield is kind of what it looked like. Uh, that was all easy putting on. I would have liked to see them use um, lock washers and things like that. Uh, there was nothing on there. I was a little concerned that when I went to tune it, that it might not uh, hold uh, where I had it tuned for. And I'll go into that in a little bit okay. um, on one of the other go-rounds here. But um, all in all, it was easy to put together. Uh, I used it, I, I mounted it on one of those uh, uh, painter's poles that you get from from a uh, home center. I think the the one that I got's twenty three and a half 23 and feet or something like that. And I just strapped it to the fence out back and, and raised it up. There's, I think, three sections or so. Oh, uh, there you go. There's the picture. There, the one on the left, the one on the right is an open stub uh, J pole that I built. But I put it on there and just kind of strapped it to the to the fence and kept um, working it back and forth to try to tune it. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into the tuning part of it right now or not.
0: Let's go. Uh, we'll we'll talk about assembly and deployment um, now, and then what, we can get into was, the uh, I, how it did.
2: Go okay. Ahead. Okay. So yeah, I just uh, clamped it to that. I mean, it has the clamp on it and everything like that, and it, it, it you know holds really well and everything. But um, the one thing I didn't see in the manual, if it was there, I missed it. Uh, the the bottom part uh, that's out on the end that has a little uh, square piece of metal, uh, I wasn't sure which orientation that was because if you grabbed it with your hand you could kind of twist it a little bit even though it was tightened down uh mine ended up sort of in a diamond pattern with the point being at the top so i just left it that way uh, i'm not sure that that was detrimental to the tuning because i did get it to tune pretty well but um i didn't see anything in the manual on whether that thing should be parallel to the top of it or whether it should, the the point should be up
0: Okay. All right. Let's go over over to Andrew. Andrew, tell us about your, um, your assembly and your install.
3: Uh, similar kind of setup as everybody else. Um, pulling it out of the box and getting everything ready to go. (laughs) It was an easy install. Everything was basically assembled. Um, had to tighten down nuts on a couple of spots with, uh, the sheet metal pieces on the front end of it. Um, had a couple of issues with the uh, pole setup that I use that's that picture right there is the antenna sitting uh, just shy of 12 feet that was the initial install um, that mast I keep anchored to the uh, chain link fence there I ended up moving stuff around a little bit more um, trying to trying to get the antenna to perform better um, but with that particular one it's one of those military surplus, uh, fiberglass, the like four and a half foot sections. Um, the U bolt that was on there was just enough that I could actually mount it on top of that mass section. Um, any, any tighter and I'd have had problems. Um, so, you know, a, a thinner pole, like a painter's pole would have been fantastic for it. Um. But I I ran into some of those same problems like with that that small square on the bottom part And trying to figure out the orientation on it it for me kept rotating as well It didn't rotate freely it stuck once it was tightened down But uh, yeah trying to figure that out looking at the website and you the images that you were showing on the website tonight already um, It looks like it should be parallel to the ground Um, So I tried to keep it in that Later on, when I was testing it, I played with it a little bit more, um, just rotating it and doing the diamond configuration versus parallel to the ground. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like I said, it was it was assembled. Um, just needed some tightening down, and maybe it was loose in the box to prevent damage or something like that. But uh, lock washers would have been great. Um, I, I didn't try it with Loctite or anything like that. I just I gave them some good oomph to get them tightened down and locked down. And it, it hasn't moved. Um, in the meantime, we've, we've had some good winds. We've had some good snow where I'm at. Nothing's come loose. Um, it's, it's definitely held up. So the assembly works, but there is some of those little finesse things that might help a little bit better, at least mentally, make you feel a little more comfortable with the antenna.
0: Okay, good stuff. Uh, Mark, let's talk about your uh, your deployment. What did it look like, your assembly and your um, the way you deployed it?
4: Yeah, I didn't have any problems assembling it. Um, I deployed it on two uh, pieces of conduit. So it was up about 20 feet. And I didn't have any problems getting it tuned up or anything. So I, I was relatively pleased. I, I thought it was fairly easy.
0: All right, good deal. All right, now, this is the part of the Isotron 20-meter antenna test that I think we've all been uh, curious about. It's how did this thing perform? How did it tune? How does it tune? We've seen the pictures on the website. We've seen some of the pictures on YouTube. Let's go to the guys and find out how she tuned up. How did you tune it? And uh, how did it perform? Let's go to the test phase of the Isotron 20-meter uh, Antenna. Let's start with Dave. Let's talk a a little bit about your numbers. You got this thing up in the air. This is the part as hams. We get super excited. Let's just see. And then how she plays. What'd you find out?
1: Uh, I couldn't get it below uh, three, uh, three to one. I mean, that's as far as I could get with the tuning that I did. I did follow the manual. I went back and forth. My problem is that I have a 65 foot run of coax between me and the antenna. So maybe that was part of the issue. So uh, as I stated earlier, I have it hooked up to an LED, LDG 100 tuner. And I mostly work digital modes and it worked. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I made it across the country. I made it from Washington to Florida to Maine and to uh, uh, Texas a couple of times and one Japan station. So, I mean, it works during the day on 20 meters. I couldn't get it to work on any other band, even with the tuner. But, uh, I mean, short answer, it works. I, I think I pull in more with my long wire antenna, but it works on 20 meters during the day.
0: So your 20-meter Isotron with your LDG did okay? Did okay. Okay, did all right. And, and how? That's it,
1: just okay.
0: Just okay. And how high was it above ground?
1: Uh, at the peak of the roof, I have it at 25 feet. And uh, the picture I provided, it's, it looks closer to another mast than it actually is. There's some distance between it because it does say in the manual, you know, don't put anything metal around it. And so it is farther away than it looks, so I'm not sure. I mean, I could try another location and we'll go from there, but it works.
0: Did they suggest the height above ground in the manual? Somebody may have mentioned <clears throat> that, but I don't know if I caught it. Is it 12 feet or was did they say a certain amount of uh, height?
1: I could be wrong. I thought I read 25 feet at the least would be would be best. It even says indoors at one point. It, it does receive indoors. I didn't mm-hmm. try it to transmit indoors, but it does work for received. Okay. But uh, 25 feet, short answer.
0: Okay, Roger that. Curtis, Curtis, talk about your uh, height above ground, what your test uh, came, what did you find?
2: Okay, my height above ground is about 23. 23- Three twenty-four 24 feet, something like that. Um, I mounted it on that painter's pole. And I have about a hundred foot run of coax from the antenna uh, to get it into the shack. Um, I got to say that the, I think that pole's in three, um, it's in three sections and, and it's probably about six or eight foot for the bottom section. Uh, so I had to stand on a six foot ladder every time I dropped it down then I must have been up and down that ladder 15 times. Uh, every time I would get it to tune pretty well, I could see a pretty good null, but my null would never be in the center of the 20 meter band. Uh, and as soon as I would adjust it, let's just say the null was on the high side, as soon as I would adjust it to try to bring it down, then all of a sudden the SWR would would just shoot up. So I was never able to get it um, to the center. I was never able to get the null to the center of the band. As soon as I got the, um, as soon as I got just beyond uh, a certain point, then it would raise up, and it would be relatively flat across the band, but it would be high. The SWR would be pretty high. So after about 15 times or so up and down the ladder, um, I got it to a point where it was three to one or let's see here. No, it was two to one just slightly above 2 to 1. And I thought, I'm going to use this with a... I have a uh, PALSTAR HF Auto, you know, the roller inductor tuner. And I think that thing will tune up a short on 160 meters. So I wasn't too worried about it. 2 to 1 wasn't going to be too bad. Um, So I lowered it one more time, and then I started to tape the feed line to the pole. And when I got it back up, uh, I think I sent you pictures of, of all the SWR readings there. But when I got it back up swr was nearly perfect it was one point uh let's see here 1.5 to 1 out on the ends of the band uh and you couldn't have, see that's that was when I, before i taped the feed line and i thought that's what i was going to be stuck with and i thought that's not too bad because i'm going to use an auto tuner and that's okay uh, but the next picture i think if, if you have it there um uh, that's when i taped the feed line and raised it all the way back up and that was more than acceptable uh, i could work phone work uh, you know, any of the digital modes or anything like that. Uh, and I found out a couple of things. When it rains, um, the null gets a little bit lower. I mean, you can see it's just below the middle of the band there right now. But the uh, that is after a rain. And uh, I was kind of surprised about that. I think that was the one that was after a rain. And we had a lot of snow the other day. We, we got about two inches of snow. The null actually shifted to the other side, so I don't think I included a picture of that, but it was more than acceptable. Uh, I could have used it without a tuner uh The tuner probably helped you know touch up some of whatever was going on with it, whether it you know had some minor resistance issue or capacitance issues or whatever. but more than acceptable, I was completely shocked after going up and down that ladder so many times and, and taping the feed line and if I remember correctly, I think it did say something about. Uh, in the manual, make sure the feed line is below, um, is straight and below the antenna. There was some some verbiage in there about that, but I didn't really take heed to that while I was tuning it.
0: All right, let's see if Andrew is ready. We'll see there. He's got himself muted. He may have stepped out. Let's move over to Mark, and we'll come back. Uh, Mark, how do you tune this antenna? It, I uh, I I'm going to put this on the screen for our friends who come back and watch it on YouTube. But for our listening audience, what kind of uh, What kind of, you got to get up there. I mean, we're hearing Curtis say you got up on that ladder 15 times. Is this one of those things where you got to pull it out, push it in? How do you do it?
4: Well, I had mine um, mounted on a bracket, so I could just lower it every time I needed to do it, so I didn't have to climb up on the ladder and and do all that. Um, You just adjust that lower bar up and down, and like i said i was able to get it tuned pretty easily Mm -hmm. and i think you've got pictures that i sent you you know on the upper portion of the band i was one one to three and i don't think i took any pictures of the digital because i work a lot of ft8 but it, it was right in that range on the lower end of the band
0: All right. And we see one to three. And I got to say, if it's a, I usually don't have a problem with a one to three, but, um, you know, that doesn't bother me at all. Let me take this off. Well, yeah, go ahead.
4: My internal tuner would, you know, tune that down. Yeah, no doubt. So.
0: Let me see. I got another. I had
4: no problems with it.
0: Yeah. 14.269. You're at a 1.4 in this photograph. And then on the high side, you were. You were up at uh, 1.3. So, yeah, that's perfectly usable under my standards. I had a, a contester friend of mine, uh, Dr. Scott, I'm rem- uh, spacing on his call right now, but a big contester. He told me, hey, you know, it's two to one across the, or you know, and under. I'm cool with it. I'm like, all right, if you're cool with it. So that's uh, perfectly usable in my book right there.
4: I mean, I made Texas on the phone portion of the band. Florida was no problem. I'm trying to remember because I was hunting a lot of Poda during the day. And same thing with uh F T eight. F T eight I did really well with it. I've always been able to reach Europe pretty easily. Um I I was hoping that this would get me west more. Um, I have a problem getting West throwing 20 meters All right. from the East coast. All right.
0: All right. Well, good. That's something we can come back and talk about that if we need to. Everybody's back in line, I believe. Uh, I need to go to Andrew. Let's go to over to Andrew and, uh, talk about yeah. some of the tests that he had. What did it do Sorry for you? That. How did she play? Now we're good. All right.
3: Um, setting everything up and getting it tested. Um, ran into a few issues with it. I really I struggled to get it down to some of the the better SWRs that everybody else sounds like they might have gotten. The lowest I ever could get it was a 2.6. And that was actually right in the middle of the band. Uh, It was pretty consistent across everything. I don't have my notes immediately available, but it was I could get to 2.6 at best and at the ends of the bands, at the ends of the band, excuse me, Um, I was sitting at about a 2.7. So, I mean, it was relatively flat, but it was a little bit high. Um, Worked on that a lot. I adjusted where I actually had it installed in the backyard, uh, moved it around, adjusted the height a couple of times. And the one thing that I finally got to get it consistently to uh, the SWR that I ended up getting it to was actually to add a pigtail, coming off the ground side, um, not grounding it to the ground, but just running a loose wire that I happen to have, um, off of one of the vertical setups that I've, I've run in the backyard in the past. And once I did that, it, it kept it consistently there. Um, wind would shake it a little bit and it, it'd it creep itself up with that before I got that pigtail on there. Um, running it on a fiberglass mast. I don't know if that may have caused any, Issues with that where the instruction manual had actually commented that you shouldn't be grounding it but You know it should be connected to whatever Mass you're running it on well a fiberglass mass is going to insulate it, so That's where I kind of figured that's going to be a good compromise get a little bit more metal in there um, Which which kind of did the trick as far as testing it was concerned, but uh, it, It definitely didn't didn't get as low as I'd wanted it to but you know the internal tuner on my radio was capable of handling it just fine um, brought it down to to sufficient to be able to actually use it but uh, you know what the higher SWR was doing as far as losses ultimately what um, once I got it on the air after getting it installed and tuned um, I think that definitely played an impact on it um, height wise I ended up ranging from just under 12 it's like 11 foot nine or 10 inches um, with a couple of those mass sections up to um, just shy of 20 I think I got it up to 18 at the highest just with what I had available to set it up on Um, and height didn't really seem to impact it while I was testing it all that much Um, it was much more in the orient or not orientation but in the uh, angle of the lower piece If you remember on the pictures on the website, I was was actually surprised and I hadn't looked at the website pictures since getting the antenna, but it talks about adjusting that bottom beam going out and looking at what he's got on the website there. He's got, he's actually got a negative angle on that bottom piece. Um, And the other pictures looking at him tonight, it looks like everybody had it crept up at a positive angle quite a bit more than what you'd expect just looking at what he's got on the website there. So it, it, it tuned up. It worked in the testing phase Um, with it being designed as a compromise antenna. I expected it to not be perfect. Um, And I mean, it, it, again, it worked.
1: So.
0: Well, working, working is a good thing. All right. This is our 30 day Peer review system, looking at the 20-meter isotron. Let's find out what the cohort, our reviewers, your peers, what mode they used, how it performed, uh, where they were able to make contacts. This is another part of that. Uh, let's find out really what happened. Uh, let's start over with Dave. Dave. Dave, you mentioned a little bit, you were doing some of the digital modes. Let's get back into that and tell us a little bit about uh, some of the accomplishments and, and some of the, uh, some of the things that you were working on with it.
1: Sure. Well, I stated earlier, I'd been with this antenna. I was exclusively FT8 and from, uh, the Seattle area, I would make it to uh, Maine a couple of times in Florida, some Texas and, uh, the Midwestern states and one Japan, surprisingly, I got one Japan out of it. Um, In terms of receive, uh, you know, training for a a CW, and it receives well on 20 meters. Uh, I was was all over the band and I definitely received well after it was tuned uh, with the LDG. Um, But again, it worked. Um, I did do one uh, PSK-31 contact a bit of southern texas so that worked when psk 31 so in terms of just the digital modes um again i'm just going to stick with it worked and that's about it
0: <laughs> all right right on that's fine uh kurt what happened what did you find out there uh, what what did you work did you do single sideband were you working digital and and did you have any fun with it
2: Well, I started off on sideband and I was actually kind of impressed with, with how well it did. Uh, there's so many POTA people out there now that it's pretty easy to get on and always have somebody to, to at least get a signal report from and everything like that. But, um, I talked all over the place with it. It's not very often that I hear Nevada and I heard a guy just calling CQ on 20 meters in Las Vegas. And I had a 15 or 20 minute rag chew with the guy and, uh, You know, we were talking about what our stations were and everything like that. And I told him, I said, I'm testing out a 20-meter antenna. It's only about 18 inches long or so. And he said, so you're really telling me that you're talking to me on an 18-inch antenna? And I said, yeah, and I was running 100 watts. And um, like I said, it it worked out very well. I didn't have any fading or anything like that. Um, I talked to a guy in Florida. I used to live there a long time ago for a short period of time and and had a rag chew with a guy in a town down there um i have to admit i put a little bit more than a kw through it just to see if it would take it a couple of times and and that worked out very well i didn't didn't nothing's happened with the the swr and all that seems very well and i just built one of these uh qrp labs qdx um 5 watt um digital uh transceivers so i got to use this uh, and really tested it out mainly on 20 meters. And I made contacts all over the place. Only a couple of DX contacts uh, with the 5 watts, just barely, you know, into Italy and stuff like that. But um, it, it did well. I had some, some contacts out to the East Coast. And, you know, I don't do ft 8 a lot, but when I do, I typically run about 35 watts. So it was a very good test for the antenna to only run 5 watts and see where I could get um, in fact, I think I might have sent you an image there, uh, if you have it, uh, that has some of the phone contacts and some of the the uh, FT8 contacts in it. Uh, uh-huh. there's, a, there's a map there. Uh, there might be a different one with different colors. That was uh, running Whisper uh, with 5 watts one day, which that's a little bit more than, than most people want to run on, on Whisper, but, but those are my Whisper contacts. Now, this isn't all the contacts, but the... Uh, um, let's see here. The blue contacts are FT8 contacts. So you can see I made it out to California, uh, with five Watts and up into, uh, looks like Nova Scotia or somewhere like that. Uh, and the other ones were, were phone contacts. I had more than that, but that just happened to be what I uploaded to, uh, uh, the, the, uh, QSO log or whatever that that's called, QSO map.org or something like that. So Kurt, where uh, are you so in the country? Uh, I'm in uh, Elizabeth, Pennsylvania. It's about ten miles south of Pittsburgh.
0: Okay, so you're East so Coast you can guy. See I you... don't
2: have any close blue contacts. On these are all just the twenty meter contacts only.
0: Yeah, and so uh, looking at it, and for our friends that are listening to this on their treadmills or wherever they are, he's got some uh, contacts to his northeast, up in the northeast. He's got a, a nice cluster in the Midwest, um, up and down. Looks up uh, up to michigan and down to uh, louisiana and then all the way out to california all the way out to the ocean so that's a pretty nice spread yeah, uh,
2: watts, so that's that was impressive for that
0: how high did you have this antenna because the picture looks like you you were you were up there quite a bit
2: now if you go back to the picture those are uh, i think those are called mr long arm painter poles and they're i think 23 and a half foot uh so it's extended up all the way uh there's two two antennas in that picture. Um the one is the one in the foreground here the the open sub j pole is a lot closer than what it appears in the image there. But those are both at the exact same height. Uh the yard kind of slopes oh, down just a little bit. Um, The other thing I wasn't sure about is is whether it was directional. When you look at this antenna, it looks like something you'd see on a TV news like ENG truck or something from a long time ago that they might do microwave stuff with. So I pointed mine towards the west, or excuse me, I pointed it towards the east because I figured if it's directional, I wanted the best chance of being able to work some DX and everything like that. But it turns out it's omnidirectional. And you look at the map and got out to California and everything like that. So um, it definitely is omnidirectional. And I, I was more than impressed with the rag chew that I had with the guy in Las Vegas. Um, like I said, it's not common for me to hear them. And I typically use a 44 foot end fed wire just with a nine to one ballon. And I think this antenna here is pretty much as good as what that antenna does, and I would not have thought that that was going to be the case I mean you'd think it you'd need something with a radiator um, to, to, to be equal to, to, you know, an antenna like that. But it it was, it was very impressive. I'm a skeptic. And when I took it out of the box, I thought, oh, let's see what this is going to do, but I'm going to give it a fair test. I may have to go on Kristen's show here and and say what I really think about it. But I've told a lot of people about it. And a lot of people that I've had the QSOs with, I told them, well, I've tested an antenna and can you give me a real signal report and and let me know how I'm doing there. So I, I, I think it works well. I mean, I think it's a good field day antenna and a, and uh, POTA and everything like that. I think it would work very well. I think um, you know you collapse a pole down or something, whatever you happen to have, and take it with you. And um, it might take you a little while to get it tuned in the field. I'm a little worried about that that bottom arm kind of moving a little bit but mine's been up since the day i got it and the swr stayed really solid so i gotta think that um without any guying on that painter's pole that thing will sway back and forth sometimes in a strong wind a good foot and a half or two feet so it uh it's hold its tuning since day one
0: thank you for that Uh, let's go over to andrew andrew tell us about your uh, bands of operation or your modes of operation and some of the contacts you made
3: uh, so, I ran it barefoot, 100 watts in there, um, mostly on upper sideband, uh, not normally set up to do a lot of digital or anything. Um, first turned it on the radio with it hooked up, it, it sounded really good. It sounded quiet. Um, Signal-to-noise ratios were, were actually really good, just quiet. Um, were, like I said, mostly mostly sideband um, didn't get a whole lot of contacts with it though in all honesty um, I don't know if that was a matter of when I was operating but I, I did try it morning midday evening um, tried to try to run this thing across the entire day um, across all portions of the band that I was running in on a given day and I, I made some contacts um, It was quiet. It was quiet on receive. It was quiet on transmit Um, The signal reports that I ended up getting with the contacts that I made on it were very low Um, I I had one guy give me a uh, I think it was a 1-3 on uh, On my signal report there, which I I mean we completed the contact, which was great. So it worked Um, It was quiet though, and it, it would have been good I really did want it to work better. Um, I kept, I actually took down a two meter J pole so that I could take the feed line off of that and keep my, I run a DX Commander light as my normal antenna for HF operations and kept it so I could keep both of them plugged in and switch between the two antennas. And a couple of times I tried, you know, maintaining a contact that I'd gotten on the DX Commander switch over to the uh, isotron 20 and i'd I'd lose contact at that point switch back over to the dx commander and it was right back um not not trying to advertise another antenna or anything but uh it, it worked when i when i could get it and when i could get somebody to to stay on there with me um i'm in northern utah so not quite to the West Coast, but out there by Nevada. I, I actually hear Las Vegas all the time from where I'm at and uh, on on my DX commander and didn't hear anybody in Nevada. Um, a couple of the contacts that I made were just over the border into Canada. Um, and then hearing everybody coming in from the Midwest, coming in from the East Coast, they were, they were clear on receive for sure. Um, but getting back out to them was definitely a bit of an issue. And I I don't know if that was just a matter of location um, sitting in the suburbs or if that was a matter of takeoff angle running into the mountains because I'm I'm sitting right at the foothills of the mountains up here in northern Utah, just north of Salt Lake City. Um, But I haven't run into those same issues with other antennas that I've run, Um, running just a wire dipole um, and fed half wave. Those those really haven't had those same problems. Um, like I said before, during during the install portion, testing portion, excuse me, I, I modified where I had the antenna sitting at height wise, and that didn't <clears throat> seem to impact it at all. Um, it worked. It, it got me some contacts, but it wasn't I, honestly given a choice. I mean, I, I had other options that were available, uh, but I wanted I wanted to keep using it through the 30 days and see what we can do with it. Um, it, it's got its purpose for sure. Um, being, being a compromise antenna intended for tight spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've got the space, uh, There's other I'd have preferred to switch back over to something else.
0: Yeah. You guys are very friendly, very, very polite. Thank you for your honesty yeah. on that stuff. Uh, Mark, tell us, uh, how did you use this antenna and who did you talk to?
4: Uh, It, it works surprisingly well. I was, I was very pleased with it. Yeah. I have a situation where I have a very small lot that I'm working with. And so just about every antenna I have would be a compromise. Um, My, the usual antenna that I've been using is an off center fed. And I have to say this antenna worked very comparable to my off center fed. Um, on the phone portion, I was reaching Texas, you know, and you don't always get an accurate signal report when you're hunting a lot of POTA, but I could hear them. They could hear me. The noise level on it was, was very good. Um, and on FT8, I mean, it seemed to perform just about as well as my off center fed does. So overall, I was very pleased. You know, from my standpoint, like I said, everything's a compromise for me. So I would definitely continue to use it, and I have plans to do that.
0: Good, because you own it; it's yours. Everybody <laughs> gets to keep it. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the benefit of the test. And I, I. Well, another have...
4: thing I would oh. I would like to do. Yeah. Another thing I would like to do is mount it in my attic in the house and see how that works for me. Because okay. my shack is out in the backyard. So so I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to take it down and mount it inside the attic and see how it does in there.
0: Okay. Good deal. Alright, the Isotron 20 meter antenna going through our 30 day review with our cohort here. All 100 watt ID holders, they registered to be reviewers. They're giving you an honest review system. Uh, That way uh, you have more options. We got four people talking about this antenna now. Here's an important one. I want to talk about the curb appeal. And you might say, Christian, what do you mean the curb appeal? I mean, how does this thing look when it's at your house? Is it going to pass your wife test? Does it pass your own test? Let's start with Dave. Dave, what do you think about the look of the antenna? Where do you have it? Is it something uh, that's okay? Uh, is it very visible? That sort of thing. What do you think?
1: It is definitely visible, yes. It did pass the wife uh, uh, test because it is, if you, the picture that I sent, it is in a cluster of antennas in the back of the house. That's why it proved uh, the wife test. Uh, the rule I was given was, if it's in my line of sight, you need to take it down. There's no negotiation with that. Mm. Um, so the gentleman who stated he'd put it into the attic, that too is a good idea. Uh, before getting in the radio, I was an HOA president and it definitely looks like an antenna that I, that I would, that I take notice of. So putting it in the attic's a good idea. I do like the look of it. It does have a kind of a, a, a space age sort of a, a sci-fi look to it. And, uh, I wonder what my um, neighbor would think of it because it is pointed. it looks like it would be pointed in his direction, so maybe he thinks up to something nefarious or eavesdropping on his house comms. I'm not sure, but it did pass the wife test. It does look like an antenna, and it fits well with what I have back there already. It's one of four antennas back there, so wife just gave me a shrug and rolled her eyes, so it passed. <laughs>
0: That's good. We'll take it. That's a good one. Uh, let's go over to Kurt. What do you think? Uh, curb appeal? Does it work for you? Does it work for the family?
2: Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't think anybody has any issues with it. I mean, it's uh, it's in with a couple of other antennas. I have a, a, a 10 meter Ringo up back there, and that open sub J pole, and everything. So it's really not that bad. And I think if somebody's in an HOA, and you know, or any place, I, I think it's starting to be a little more common to let people put up, you know, HD over the air antenna. I think it kind of blends in with, with that where somebody wouldn't know the difference. There's there's a lot of uh, um, different shapes and sizes when it comes to those antennas. So I think somebody could really pull it off as as being that type of antenna. And and like the other guy said, it, it's kind of cool looking. It's sort of futuristic looking and um, it's sort of like you know just, you used to you always saw the news vans putting up the the uh the yaggies and stuff like that so it kind of looks like that that's that's what I thought of when I took it out of the box but I'll be honest when I took it out of the box I thought this might be something I'm going to be selling at a ham fest one day but uh I'm I'm gonna keep it (laughs) I mean it definitely has worked well for me and I don't think anybody else has has uh noticed you know I, I have pretty good neighbors they don't they don't really have any issues with anything and uh um you know they they think we're all a little bit goofy with the antennas and stuff like that. But uh, one more, I don't think it, it's that big of a difference for for anybody to put it up and and mounting it on the painter's pole it was it was a uh, almost a match for it. Um, and and somebody else said that the U bolt on it uh, was pretty close to not working out, but it it uh, it clamped down on there. And if I would have had to put something, maybe to shim it or whatever that wouldn't have been a big deal either but I, I i think i don't think anybody would have any problem with it And as long as you know people were putting these, these over-the-air antennas up this just blends in very well
0: andrew this uh, this does have a different look about it and again for our people who are, are listening and then later on watching this uh portion of the prod uh the podcast it's not quite the look of a weather station, but, uh, and I, I don't have, uh, you know, the details here, it's 21 inches by eight inches by four inches, not quite a weather station, but not really a ton of wire. It's not a lot of, it's a different thing. Did it pass the curb test for you?
3: I absolutely, I, like it's been mentioned before, it's, it's kind of sci-fi looking. Um, at the same time, it also yard art, um, it kind of looks like a birdhouse, bird feeder kind of situation up on a pole. Um, the only thing that really, I think, gives it away and really makes it look like an antenna antenna is a feed line running into it. Um, the feed line comes in from the side, and so you end up with a little bit of a loop there um, that you're not going to see on something else like that. But, you know, sitting 15, 20 feet in the air, it, it's kind of fun looking. Um It doesn't stand out any more, I think, than like a a J-Pole or something like that sitting at the same height. Um, I've I've had neighbors ask me about the antennas that I've got in the backyard, and it's an attention getter, but it's not so out there that somebody's really going to take issue with it, like was said. Um, I don't live in an HOA, so I've got no perspective on that one, but I, I imagine, like was just mentioned, with all the other over-the-air antennas that are going up, um, satellite dishes, things like that. I don't imagine that, you know, if you reasonably worked with somebody that they would really have a problem with it. It's it, it's not a quarter-wavelength vertical that's going to stand out and really draw attention or something like that. Um, it, it's just kind of there. And even then... It's small enough, easy enough to move around. If you needed to, if you were in a circumstance like that, um, you know, put it up when you're operating, take it down when you're done. Maybe you'll run into issues with tuning. That's definitely a possibility um, with something like this. It's not. You could bang it around and and knock it out of tune, but uh, no, it, it looked fun. I I've enjoyed seeing. I've I've kind of halfway expected every time I look out the back window to see a bird sitting out there on it, um, just kind of perched and and sitting in the sun, getting some warmth. But uh, no, it's uh, appearance-wise, it's fantastic.
4: Mark,
0: do you agree here? we got bird feeder lawn art. Is this passing the uh, HOA uh, curb appeal test with the family and yourself?
4: Well, I just want to say, first off, my lovely, lovely bride was fine with this antenna. So my kids all tease me every time I put an antenna up. But, yeah, I mean, the neighbor didn't even notice that I put an antenna up. So I think it definitely passes the HOA. And, yeah, it's real easy to take up and put down if if you had to do that. So, yeah, I I think it's a home run from that aspect.
0: All right. Now, here comes the part of the 30-day review system that's really important here. And I hope that... And I've been talking to the fellas for a while now, and I don't believe that uh you know this this is um suggested improvements, perhaps issues and suggested improvements to the maker with kindness uh we're gonna we're gonna go around the room now and find out uh, any issues that may have happened, how we could perhaps or they could perhaps uh make it better. Dave, what do you think when you dig back in and they talk about how could we design this better for you? What do you think?
1: Uh, Well, just reiterate what the other gentleman said, uh, lock washers would have been a big improvement. Um, Some of those uh, nuts, they they do slip. Um, And like the other said, I was concerned about the the antenna falling out of tune, especially the lower bar part of it. Uh, So lock washers would be an improvement. Um, I would say maybe even to the manual, maybe a little uh, a little more linear uh, uh, instructions to the manual. Like the other gentleman said, it was a little bit disjointed. And then um, the U bolt, I would say probably maybe a smaller uh, or uh, a small U bolt because I had issues on the conduit that the conduit should be uh, needs to be at least an inch or else the threads don't go all the way down. At least the way I had it configured. So. Um, maybe a different size U-bolt as well, or different choices, maybe include a couple of U-bolts. I don't know, something to think about uh, with U-bolts, lock washers, and the manual. That's where I came out.
0: Thank you. Kurt, what do you think here? We talk a little bit about hardware has come up right out of the box. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think the same thing. I mean, I would have liked to have seen lock washers on it. Yeah, we could have put our own on, but I really wanted to test it, uh, how it was shipped, just to be sure that I was giving it a fair test. So probably sometime soon i'll drop the thing back down and see if see if it's worthwhile to put lock washers on and as i mentioned earlier it's it's holding tuning it has not shifted at all i don't i don't think it's i mean it's been up there probably well over a month i forget when we actually got them but um not an issue at all um, the manual could be a little bit different. I'm, I'm not too much. I mean, obviously, we, we all want to look at a manual and everything like that. But it, it's apparent that this is probably uh, more of a mom and pop company. And that's fine. There's a lot of them out there. I don't think I think some of the the uh, companies that make ham equipment, um, some of the best stuff comes from these smaller companies. Um and and I get not wanting to put a ton of money into a manual or having a, a real technical writer make a manual, but there could be a little bit of improvements on that and, and maybe if those guys happen to watch this they'll they'll uh understand that a little bit. But all in all, there was nothing that really affected the overall quality of the antenna. Um, and the coil that's wound around uh, some kind of pvc or something i noticed when when i tighten the back part of that down i mean it sort of compressed the pvc in a little bit um so that may act as a lock washer being that there's a little bit of outward tension if, if you start to compress it a little bit but it's um that's fine i mean it's there's a couple things they could do but but they're, uh, they're not that far out of line uh, as, far as far as the product goes.
0: Andrew, anything that you can add uh, with this? We talked a little bit about hardware, a little bit about the manual. Anything else?
2: Um,
3: no, I mean, the hardware was mentioned, um, but being a cottage industry production, it's not, it, not high-end for sure. It's utilitarian. It, it's built out of materials that, that will do the job, that'll work, they will last Um, it it would just be those fine tuning little things that I would say agree with, with comments on, um, the hardware. Um, I I think as far as the manual is concerned, I don't know that the manual necessarily needs to be rewritten content wise, but, you know, typing it up and having it on as not an image PDF, um, but actually as a text searchable Type document again, literally just retyping it would probably go a little a long ways in helping people be able to navigate it and and look at it. Um, I appearance wise, I mean, it, it was mentioned earlier, you know, it looks dated, but you know, it works, so you don't necessarily need to fix it. Um, it's refinement would be the only thing,
0: all right. Mark, what do we miss here? Uh, we've uh, heard some good suggestions and hopefully it can help the manufacturer. Um, we all understand it costs uh, money to package, we, uh, the hardware and all these sorts of things. What do we miss? Anything that you can um, provide the maker to perhaps improve this antenna system?
4: I, I really wished I, I had something to, to, to tell them, but you know, honestly, just the hardware and the manual pretty much sums it up. I mean, there's not a whole lot to the antenna other than that. So, yeah, I, I think those basic things and, you know, I think the the manual just needs a little updating. And, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt if they have referenced, you know, some of the YouTube videos that I looked at before I received the antenna to um, tell people to go take a look at those and see how other people have deployed it and uh, I think they'd be good.
0: All right, good deal. This is where we'll we'll wrap up our final here. I'm going to send it around the room to the guys, uh, Kilo India 7, Victor Lima. Victor, I'll send it over to you for your final, sir. Any uh, final words, any thoughts on this antenna system?
1: Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely like the small footprint that it has. Uh, in fact, I would take it camping with me. My wife doesn't like the wires that I string everywhere, even though they're short, infed uh, antennas. So, um, yeah, it would definitely, it's a good traveler. I, I'm going to take it with me for uh, camping, a little mast. I think it'd be good.
0: All right, let's go over to Kurt. He's Whiskey United, Three United. Uh, Kurt, sending it over to you for your final whoopsie-daisy. Send it back over there. Tell me your final thoughts on this antenna system.
2: Well, overall, I'm impressed. Like I said, I'm a skeptic. I really thought in the beginning that uh, when I took it out of the box, that it, the the end result that I had was not going to be what it what it necessarily was. Um, everything was was pretty straightforward with it, and I found that a lot of people that I talked to the antenna about. Uh, they had heard of it. I'm a relatively new ham. I've only been licensed going on about six years. So I thought I had seen almost everything just in I'm a, a pack rat for, for data and information and everything like that. And I thought I would have ran across this at some point in time, and I didn't. So it kind of opened my eyes to it. And um, it may be interesting to try some of the other bands uh, that they have available at some point. But um, I think it's a, a sleeper product, if that's a way to, to say it.
0: All right, over to Andrew. November 7, Delta United. Charlie, you're 5'9". Let's get your your final thoughts on this antenna system.
3: I think overall, it's a a decent antenna um, for what it is. It's a compromise antenna to fit into small spaces, uh, be able to take it around. Camping, I think, would be a great opportunity to to really put it through its paces and not have to worry about packing a whole lot of stuff that's going to get in the way that's going to get tangled up or anything like that. Um, I, I'd recommend it to people in circumstances where it's going to play to its strengths. Um, but I, I definitely be realistic with them, um, let them know that it's not necessarily a perfect antenna. And like I said, I mean, when we talked about actually running the antenna and doing operations with it, um, I, I was doing mostly sideband and I don't know that it's necessarily the best antenna for that. Um. I, from what everybody else was saying with digital, it sounds like it's probably a little bit better there. Um, it can work. It can work for anything that you're looking for. Um, but you've got to go into it with realistic expectations. It's, it's not going to be a perfect antenna. It's going to take a little finagling to get everything together. Um, and to feel comfortable with it. It doesn't, doesn't look normal, but it'll do the job at the end of the day. So,
0: you know, like Kurt said, I, I've never run across this antenna before. There, are, There is some information about it on YouTube, uh, but I never really, well, I didn't see this marketing at all. Interesting looking antenna. It looks like uh, it would work for somebody perhaps in an HOA, maybe an attic situation. So judge for yourself now and your cohort here and your community has uh, spoken for you and tested it for 30 days. I, maybe call me crazy, but I wouldn't mind trying that, uh, 40 meter isotron maybe we'll have to test that one in the coming days we do uh we do have plans to test the uh, dX 40 with radio waves so that's coming up next don't forget subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and you can watch video extras features and live stream on youtube. So I'll say 73 for now. Take care of yourselves. Radio is life. That's my new uh, saying. Of course, your family is your life. Our life uh, intersects with ham radio, and that's what this podcast is all about. And uh, take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll catch you again real soon. Please, by all means, stay above the noise. 73, guys. To join the
1: 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100WattsAndAWire.com.